so many of our issues and so many of our struggles and so many of our difficulties come from the fact that we don't adequately understand that Jesus Christ is the kingdom of God. And we are called to live and we are called to grow in the kingdom of God. Ladies and gentlemen, it's so good to be with you. My first time in 2023 to be with you on the Salty Pastor Podcast. The reason I'm here today, I'm riding solo because uh, Jesse's running into a couple of health issues. So we need to be praying for him that he'll be up and running back to speed for 2023. Uh, I am uh, Douglas Peak, and I am the salty pastor. And boy, let me tell you, 2022 was a phenomenal year. In some ways, it was an extremely difficult year, lots of transitions, lots of health issues uh, in my own life, in my family's life, and in the staff's life. Uh, we had uh, organizational changes, and yet what happened in the life of Foothills Christian Church was some phenomenal growth, phenomenal giving, phenomenal expansion. And it's really amazing how sometimes our perspective about what's happening isn't in line with what God's perspective is in regarding to what he's doing. And that's why it's important, I think, to look back over the year. And I'm so thankful that uh, Pastor Harv and Pastor Steve did that. And they came up with some stuff that really challenged us, which I thought was really good. And that is you look to the past quickly for an evaluation mostly to celebrate what God has done. And I really like that because most of the time we look back and remember all of our failures and all of our mistakes. We all have them. And yet if we focus on them and we forget the will and work of God in our lives, our failures and our mistakes, Satan uses to define us. And then we believe that definition. One of the most important things is to realize is that those of us who are in the kingdom of God are in a kingdom of redemption, that God is actively redeeming us each and every day. So I'm so glad uh, that they covered that and that they are, have launched us with this new theme for 2023. And the theme for the entire year is going to be the kingdom of God. Now, let me tell you a little bit of story of why I feel like this should be the theme for the entire year and why I settled on it. That is, is that last year, uh, my brother-in-law, Russ and I, we were praying over at his house and he had, he just kind of made a, a comment about what the Lord was doing in him and speaking to him and what he was learning in his quiet times with the Lord. And, and he just made this comment, um, kind of as a summation. And he's like, what's well, all about the kingdom of God. I mean, Jesus talked about the kingdom of God more than any else. And that got me thinking about how significant the issue of the kingdom of God really is in a person's life who desires to follow Christ and be redeemed by him. 
So uh, I was talking to him about it later. He gave me this little book about the kingdom of God, and I read through this book, and it was really great. And it kind of just inspired me to realize that so many of our issues and so many of our struggles and so many of our difficulties come from the fact that we don't adequately understand that Jesus Christ is the kingdom of God. And we are called to live and we are called to grow in the kingdom of God. So that's kind of what was the impetus. And now let me tell you why I think it's so significant for people like you and people like me. Now, I don't know about you. Don't know about you, but I know about me. And that is, I need answers. I do. Uh, I think about things. I wonder about things. When things don't line up, I, I ask myself, well, what's the answer to this, especially about this thing called life? I mean, some of the biggest questions I started thinking about when I was really pretty young. I, how young? I don't remember. You could ask my mama. Maybe she knows. But I started wondering, like, well, why are we alive? And what is the point of life? I mean, a lot of the stuff that I started studying in high school in biology and uh, uh, some other science courses is when evolution was all the rage, you know, and if you didn't believe in it, you were a nutcase. And what was really interesting about it is that it didn't make any attempt to answer the question of, well, what's the point of life? And so I had all these questions and I need answers, you know, about life. I need clear direction. I don't know about you, but I need to have a sense that I am going somewhere. There is a direction, there's a goal, and I need to navigate towards it. It's so easy to make mistakes in this life. It's so easy to uh, turn your life upside down or, or fall into a hole or a pit. I, I want to make as few mistakes as possible. I'm never going to be mistake free, right? I'm never going to be perfect, but I want to make as few mistakes as possible. I want to make as few mistakes as possible when it comes to money, you know, like how to manage money, how to uh, use money uh, so that it will increase, how to uh, bring stability, financial stability to my household. Uh, when it comes to leading the church, I need to have a sense that what are we doing that's fiscally responsible? I need answers and I need guidance on how to do that because I want to make as few mistakes as possible when it comes to money, when it comes to relationships, you know, if you're married, you know, it's so easy to make a mistake in regards to your marriage. The question is, how do you make as few mistakes as possible? Well, you need direction to do that. You need someone who says this is ancient wisdom. It's an eternal truth that never changes and you can bank on it. And if you're willing to believe and trust and follow, you end up reaping the harvest of what it promises to do in your life. I need direction when it comes to what is meaningful and what is not meaningful in my life. I need directions on what bad habits to avoid, what good habits to establish. I think you're getting my point is that I don't know about you. I need direction. I need hope. I really need hope. I, I need to real have a sense that, that, in the end, through all these difficulties and all these struggles and all these tribulations and trials in life, uh, I need to have a sense that there is hope and that things do get better. And ultimately, 
there is the promise of heaven and eternal life. I need an unwavering belief that each day I am alive, an unwavering conviction that each day I'm alive, there's joy to be found and experienced. There's nothing worse than hopelessness. It's amazing to me how many people have given up, given up on life, given up on joy, given up um, experiencing those things in their life ever again. I need hope that love is real and that we can find love and that we can build love and that we can experience love. That's the highest call of our, our life. I, I need purpose. I need meaning. Th this is the only way, the true way for me to know who I am and why am I here to answer all of these questions. Now, when I was 25, you know, when I was 25, the bottom line is I knew I kind of needed these things because I was asking these big questions but I had no idea how to develop them within my life. I know, had no idea how to walk in them, how to answer these questions, how to reap the harvest or experience them in my daily life. Added to that, I was completely unaware that the decisions I made each and every day and the convictions and the values that I had would either undermine these things in my life or build them up. I, I lived in America, the land of the free and the brave, right? I didn't think about the role of government, the culture, media, societal values, friendships, relationships, business dealings. I just didn't care about all that stuff. I was like, well, I need to find what I need, you know, and so forth. But now I have come to understand something that is so critically important for every person, particularly young people to understand, is that what undermines all the good things in my life come from two basic places. So I, I want to have the answers to these big questions. I want to live with meaning and purpose. I want to try to experience joy in every single day. But there are two major areas in my life that undermine achieving that goal each and every day. The first one is this, my own personal flaws. That's right. My own shortcomings, my unresolved issues, my uh, poor way of thinking, even now at, at this stage of my life, I still have bad habits. Sometimes I get down thought paths that are wrong or unhealthy. Uh, sometimes, I, I mean, I have idiosyncrasies. I have problems with the way I process information from it. I, all of these things undermine this goal of experiencing joy every single day and growing stronger and uh, becoming the kind of person that lives with meaning and purpose in fullness each and every day. You know, th the best me showing up with uh, my relationships and my friendships and my leadership and my, my shepherding and my teaching and my preaching, those things are all hindered in my life because of my own flaws, right? Now, the other area that hinders all of this stuff in my life comes from the world around me. That's right. It, the world around me has a strong and powerful influence over my flaws. As a matter of fact, a lot of my shortcomings and my, my bad habits, my unresolved issues, 
uh, and my inability to unresolve those flaws in my own life. You know, you make the same mistake over and over and over again. You can't see. It's like, oh, why am I doing that again? Uh, it's kind of interesting about that is the reason why sometimes those those flaws don't get resolved within me is because the world in which I live has a powerful influence over those, right? And, and the world in which we live really um, influences me in a negative way. It appeals to all of those bad things within me. That's The Bible calls them temptations, right? And even though there is no temptation uh, that is not common unto man, man there, I mean, uh, mankind has been tempted by everything for thousands of years. And some of the temptations I experience are exactly what was experienced 2,000 years ago. But they uh, tend to focus and latch on and be directed at my flaws and my weaknesses and my idiosyncrasies and my bad habits, right? And so this is really important. Um, even though I am responsible for my own stuff, my own flaws, I have to realize that the world I live in either helps me or hurts me in this regard, and so I need to be aware of the world in which I am living. And this is why the kingdom of God, understanding it, embracing it, experiencing it, and living in it is so critically important. You know, the, the, ne the next question that comes up is that, well, since this is where the kingdom of God comes in as a significant influence in our daily lives, because it reveals to us the difference between what God is doing within us and what the world wants us to do or is attempting to entice us to do. Well, the answer that to that question is the kingdom of God is an invitation to you. It's an invitation to me, right, to live a life that is completely different from what the world is trying to sell to people as a lifestyle. It's like, well, if you live this lifestyle, you're going to have hope. If you live this lifestyle, you're going to find love. If you live this lifestyle, you're going to have meaning and purpose. Your work is, uh, you'll never work a day in your life because you'll love what you do. If you live life this way. So the world is saying, do it this way. God is saying, do it my way. And this is really important to understand the difference or the dichotomy between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. You see, uh, the Apostle John wrote in his letter uh, to the church, 1 John uh, chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, the following words. He says, do not love the world nor the things in the world. Okay. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. See how he demarcates them for all that is in the world. The lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the father. It is from the world. Now the world is passing away and also its lusts, but the one who does the will of God continues to live forever. Now notice he says, do not love the world nor the things in the world. So the world is saying, if you want to be happy, if you want to have meaning, if you want to be a strong person, a courageous person, if you want to have a great life, a full life, if you want to look back and go, wow, it was incredible to have lived that life. I'm so blessed by the life I had. He said, you can love the world's way to do it. 
or you can love God's way of doing it. And he says, the way the world does it is it entices us with the things of the world. So there are things in this world that entice us to live as the world dictates. He says, don't love that though. And don't allow the world to use these things to entice you to live in the wrong place. The kingdom of world, as opposed to the kingdom of God. He goes, and the reason why is because if you love the world, if you choose to do it the world's way, you cannot do it God's way. The love of God, the power of God, the divine presence of God molding and shaping your life and guiding and leading and blessing you each and every day just can't happen. You see, it just can't happen because the love of the father is not in you all that is in the world no notice what he says here the lust of the flesh so there's my flaws my temptations the things about me that are tied to this this old self right uh desire these things of the world i have to realize that uh sometimes it's the lust of my eyes it's the things that my eyes see and i go oh man i deserve that i want that i need that if i don't get that i won't be happy and then he said the boastful pride of life and that's what's really interesting is a lot of people don't understand the meaning of this phrase he's saying the boastful pride of life um the best way to describe it is this I'm happy now. I'm full. I'm blessed. Hashtag blessed. I'm, I'm living the dream. I am, you know, I'm getting everything and I want because I did it my way. It's like that old Sinatra song, you know, is uh, there are people who stood on the sidelines that criticized me, but I did it my way, my way. See, that's called the boastful pride of life. And he says this orientation, this way of doing life, this way of thinking about life doesn't come from God. It comes from the world. And in that dichotomy is the struggle. The world is passing away and also it's lust. So if I choose this, there's no eternalness to it. There's no legacy. There's no foundation. There's no anything that will last forever. But if I choose to live in the kingdom of God, and if I follow his path, his will, which is do life my way, that lives forever. There's an eternalness to it. And this is so true because I can tell you this much. All the things that the leaders of the Roman Empire lived for 2,000 years ago, you don't even know what they are. I mean, I don't even know what they all are, and I study it all the time. We, we don't know what really drove them. But you know what we do know? No, we know exactly what those first century Christians lived for and died for. We know exactly. Their faith recorded in the scriptures, has lasted for 2,000 years. I mean, the leaders of the Roman Empire, people like uh, Caesar and Brutus and all that stuff, that's who we name our dogs after today, right? Yeah, that's what our dog names are. And the names of our children, you know, are Peter and Michael. And isn't that interesting how that is what's, that legacy is eternal in its orientation. So I think the teaching here is that there's two ways in which you can live, right? Is what John is saying. 
And the kingdom of God is one way, and the kingdom of the world is the other way. The, another reason why I think we need to understand this dichotomy between the two is found in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And this is what Paul wrote to his uh, a disciple Timothy, who was pastoring the church in Ephesus at that time. And notice what he says in chapter 3, verse 1. He goes, now realize this, Timothy, that in the last days, difficult times will come. Do you feel like things are getting more difficult? Here we are living in the nation that is the wealthiest nation that's ever existed in human history, the United States of America. People today on welfare live better than kings lived 150 years ago. Just think about that today. The poorest of the poor among American citizens live better than the kingliest kings 150 years ago. And those kings lived that way for thousands of years. So he's, but even though we have all this affluence, are things getting better or more difficult? To me, they seem to be getting more difficult. He says, realize this in the last days, difficult times will come. So no matter how much affluence we have and how much better our lifestyles become, that doesn't mean spiritually things aren't going to become more difficult. Verse 2, why do they become difficult? Notice he doesn't say anything about economics. He doesn't say anything about political structures. Notice what he talks about. People, individuals. People and individuals will change, and this is what they will be like. Verse 2, for people will be lovers of self. Have you ever tried to have a relationship with a person who is narcissistic? Have you ever tried to have a relationship with a person who all they cared about was their own agenda? It's like, it doesn't matter what political structure you have, what government you have, what citizenship you have, or how much money you have. Your life's miserable, right? It's that individual can make your life miserable. It says people in the last days will be lovers of money. What do you think is the most important thing in American society today in the world's eyes? Not in the kingdom of God's eyes, but in the world's eyes. It's money. Money's a scorecard. It is the thing, the measuring stick. It's the thing that can make your life easier or harder. And so people love it like never before. He says, in the last days, people will be boastful. They will be arrogant. They will be slanderous. You cannot go on any social media platform and ignore the immense amount of slander that is on there. You know, Twitter is a slander cesspool. Someone says something, everybody slanders it. You know, he says in the end times, people will be disobedient to parents. People will be ungrateful. They will be unholy, unloving, irreconcilable. They will be malicious gossips without self-control. Do you see anybody today advocating for self-control among young people or young adults or in marriage? I don't see that at all. People will be brutal. Is America becoming more brutal? Do we have more violence in our cities now, more violence in our streets, more violent protests than ever before? Yes, we do. It says people will be haters of good. They will be haters of good. They will be treacherous. They will be reckless. They will be conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They will be holding to a form of godliness. And this is really popular in today's world is everybody says, well, I'm not a religious person. I'm spiritual. 
right? So they will hold to a form of godliness. They'll say they're spiritual, but they have denied its power. Avoid such people as these. Well, what is the power that they have denied? Well, they're not living in the kingdom of God, right? They want to live over here in the world, but they want to claim the benefits of the kingdom of God, but they don't, and they can't because there's no power in the way that they are living. There's only power in the kingdom of God. There is no power in the world because the world's approach is a lie. I think this passage is so applicable for today and why we need to focus on it on, in the salty pastor and in the church over the next year because this is what we are facing. So the question then becomes, what do we do now, pastor? Are, are we in despair? Should we give up? And, you know, what do we do? Do we just like hide behind walls and, and move into enclaves? Well, not at all. I think what this means is we need to understand the kingdom of God like never before. If you live in the kingdom of God, if you understand the values, the principles, the purpose, and you're aligning yourself with those things, guess what? You discover how to live in joy, how to live in abundance, fullness, meaning, purpose. You reap the harvest of God's promises and blessings in your life, regardless of how perverse and crooked the generation of this world is. You know, this is very important, is that you would not believe the number of people that came to Christ and were set free and experienced phenomenal joy during the height of the Soviet empire and their attempt to crush all Christians. You know, there are people who are coming to Christ and experiencing freedom. Today, I was just reading um, in the Voice of the Martyrs how... Uh, Today, one of the fastest growing churches in the world today, percentage-wise, is the Christian church in Iran. Iran, which is an Islamic caliphate, and it is illegal upon pain of death to convert to Christianity. And yet people are in droves, converting to Christianity. You may not be aware of this, but right now in our media, the world is suppressing this information. There are massive protests going on in Iran. There is a massive rebellion going on in Iran right now. Why? Because they arrested a woman, the religious police did, and she was wearing a burqa, right? She's wearing her head covering, but she wasn't wearing it properly. So they arrested her and then they beat her to death. And the women there had had enough. And what's really interesting is people are writing and saying commentaries, why in the world are they now doing this? Why, why are all these women protesting in the streets? And why are these women so fired up? Well, here's what's really important to note. In years past, the fastest growing church in the world today, percentage wise, is in Iran. And guess who leads the church in Iran? It's almost exclusively women. And now what you're seeing is the outgrowth of the, that church reaching women and children. Guess what's happened? They are now the ones leading the protests against the Iranian regime that is trying to punish them. It, we, you should watch that if you ever like to get on news and try to look into it because you can find some information about it. But what's fascinating about it is to see how when people come to Christ and they start living in the kingdom, they experience joy and fulfillment and happiness, even when they're being persecuted, 
even when being oppressed. Their lives are filled with joy, something that cannot be taken. It's not temporal. It's, it's eternal. It's fascinating to me what God is doing. And that's why we shouldn't despair. We have so much opportunity here in America right now. The, uh, the, the door is wide open for us to understand the kingdom of God. The door is wide open for us to gather together and study it like never before. The, the door is wide open for us to make decisions on how we're going to live our lives aligned with God's kingdom. And no matter what happens in America, first and foremost, or the state of things right now is we can live each day with joy and optimism and happiness because we're living with a citizenship somewhere else, right? We're, our citizenship is in heaven, not here. So the beauty of that is it brings freedom. It brings, um, it brings uh, uh, a release of expectations, that weigh on us of how things could be. It takes away the world's temptation uh, to get us to adopt ideologies and things that rob us of joy. It's like, man, I don't want to go over there and do that. I want to think that way because why would I want to be a depressed, hopeless individual with, with who's filled with nihilism and, and macabre maliciousness and hatred? And man, you guys are full of hatred over there. I can't handle it. I don't want that. I want to. I want to live in love, walk in love. I want to be blessed by God. I want to. I want to have a new life, even in the midst of all this darkness. And that's the promise of the kingdom of God. No matter what's happening in the world around you, you can live that way. So. When you live completely in this kingdom over here, you're able to live a good life even though the world around you is going in the wrong direction. But there's another promise, and that is when I live in the kingdom of God and when I am set free in ways that I never imagined before, my life is infused with direction and guidance and meaning and purpose, and I have new values and new principles. I have a truly new life, totally transformed by the redemptive work of Jesus Christ uh, in my life. The, I have his, the Holy Spirit in me each and every day. Guess what happens to society? It can't help but be influenced by that, just like in Iran today. Just like in Iran today. It can't help but influence that because this is dark. This is so dark. It's filled with despair. It's filled with uh, meaninglessness. And then over here in its darkness and its, its wickedness, someone lights a candle. And, and everybody like Matufim, they are attracted to that. That's like, how come that life is burning so brightly? Well, it's not because my life is burning brightly. It's because God, Christ and Christ alone is burning brightly through me. And what people see through us is Christ because Christ is the light of the world. Christ is the healer of the world. He's the redeemer of the world. He is what gives me courage and confidence and strength regardless of what the world today wants to throw at me. So understanding the kingdom of God is all about experiencing the answers to the deepest questions of my soul. That's what it's all about. And I can't wait for us to go on this journey together throughout the entire year. Salty pastors, Bible studies, small group discipleships, uh, messages, different studies, seeing how the kingdom of God, when I align myself with it and live with it, guess what happens? My life changes and it's filled with the promises and the harvest of God. You don't want to miss it. I just really want to encourage you to take today's podcast and share it with all your friends. And I invite your friends to church on this Sunday. 
when I'm going to kick off this whole thing on the kingdom of God, Steve and Harv, the pastors, introduced the theme last week. They did a phenomenal job. Way to go, guys. I'm going to kick off with the very first question most people ask. How do I get into it? How do I get into it? And so I don't want you to miss that message. So anyway, I could keep going. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, stop here because on Thursday, we're going to talk about the implications of this a little bit more in-depthly about some of the biggest challenges that our world is facing, particularly America right now, and how living in the kingdom of God is the perfect antidote for how to live joyfully even in the midst of those challenges. So thank you for being with me today. This is Dr. Douglas Peak, your personal salty pastor, signing off. Blessings to you.